Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Coach Gaming. I'm Scott Jordan. By Josh. Hello. And it finally seems like the war on loot boxes might be coming. To an end! Kind of, I hope so. Certainly a battle won in the war against loot boxes because <laughs> yesterday the ESA, that is the Entertainment Software Association, re- uh, reported that Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony are all kind of banding together mm. to introduce new policies that are going to reveal the odds of their loot box drop rates. Good. Other companies have done this in the past and it's been pushed for um, on a kind of case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. But earlier last year, I think, or maybe this year, Apple and Google... Um, introduce these policies on their app stores and every single like mobile game has to do this now if you want to release on those stores Mm -hmm. and the fact that the three big sort of console makers are coming together and joining forces essentially to implement these changes Mm -hmm. at a kind of ground level and a publisher by publisher level that is a huge win I just I think psychologically because it's weird because I'm I'm interested to see where it goes from here I wonder how much money loot boxes make based on the fact that it is that sort of unknown quantity it is the fact that you know you can introduce an element where you you are essentially just spinning a wheel and seeing what comes out the other side Um, whereas if you literally look at the statistics if it says like okay you have a 1 in 10 million chance of getting something um, assumedly that would dissuade people from doing it yeah Um, because I remember um, just as a weird sort of personal example when I was younger I remember when you see like the lottery I'm assuming they have the lottery around the world of course they do yeah other than the UK Um, you know you watch the the lottery and I was like well I can win like 10 I can win a thousand pounds if I did a thing and then like you know wanting to do that when you're a kid and then looking at the drop rates and being like I'm never ever going to do this and just gradually moving away from it so I think it's it's just I think that's going to affect it a lot interesting that you use the lottery analogy mm. there because obviously the odds on that are ridiculous and yet <laughs> millions of people still you know buy True. into it I don't know if this is going to necessarily kind of stop people buying loot boxes just because they know the odds mm. already we kind of know that it's going to be a small chance that you get a sort of legendary skin or whatever mm-hmm. you have to buy the higher tiers to get a higher chance so the kind of the odds system is kind of there in players' minds, but it's not sort of laid out like it should be where you have the exact statistics of the chances of say getting one of those legendary skins because they brought in uh, Overwatch start, uh, or Blizzard had to start disclosing Overwatch's drop rates in China and I don't know how much that's affected their revenue since then um, I know Belgium had the whole like, pushback against Battlefront 2 um, I just think that like like I said psychologi- psychologically I think it affects just the appeal of a loot box Yes, um, which is the thing that EA tried to hang the whole thing on when they were being interrogated as to uh, you know, the, why they keep putting them in games and they said that people really like them people like the, the they call them surprise mechanics mm. and whatever and I just like I think that's just really fascinating if the big companies get behind it and say we're actually we're going to remove the element of surprise yeah. and then you know, is that the thing that even even if even if you try and say that they're a good thing obviously there's going to be people out there who love loot boxes otherwise they wouldn't be so profitable and mm-hmm. um, if you remove that surprise element is that going to you know demonstrably affect 
they, they, they're worth to the people that even enjoy this Well, stuff. it's really kind of fascinating I because so. I was thinking this would, you know, might dissuade people of bu like buying into it if mm. you know there's only a 10% chance that you'll mm -hmm. get a really good item. But for me, say there's a 30% chance. Right. I might be more likely to buy one. Oh, no. Which sounds really bad if I know the exact odds and I know there's a 30% <laughs> chance. I might take that risk. I might be like, those are good odds, baby. That's not, no, Here that... the, here's my money. <laughs> no. I think because this comes after um, Epic have asked uh, Rocket League to remove the loot boxes that they have um, which like the way that um, I always get the development name wrong it's Sionix 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 um, the way that they sort of do their, their loot boxes is that a whole chunk of that money goes towards the, the Rocket League uh, esports stuff and yeah. the, the cups and the tournaments and everything um, so they have to kind of rejig the way that they work their overall fi uh, finances but it just seems like there's a bit of an industry shift against this stuff obviously there's a lot of bad press like I said before about Belgium and the fact that Battlefront 2 was felt like a tipping point at some point yes um, and like Rockstar with the online casino there's like we've reported on that being like you know you can put real money into it and then use it at the casino not a one-to-one -one transaction but no. you can put real money into your GTA economy and then take that into the casino uh, although Rockstar have implemented things to try and separate those currencies still I don't think that you should have to go through so many hoops to understand where your money's going yes, or whatever that's all it. of this stuff kind of goes around the idea of you know that idea of betting with real money in games I think if we're going to go forward with that as an industry I think those things need to be separated more yeah what's interesting to me about this is that I want to know what the impact is like you said mm. they've already introduced this with Overwatch in China but we don't really know how that's imp impacted the profitability of loot boxes and I wonder the cynical part of me wonders right. if this is just kind of an easy win for the publishers to net some good PR around loot boxes and be mm. like look we are making changes we're not getting rid of them we're just making you know positive alterations to the core mechanics that mm. lets us keep them in the games while also making people like us not so annoyed about them being there because I think they're making steps there's such a weird thing to talk about because I like I am for the, like 90% against them I totally think that they, I think when publishers give in to them and give into the whole corporate side of it and they just want to make money and they you know they do take advantage of different fandoms to go okay this like you said this skin is locked behind a one in ten thousand chance or whatever i think that stuff is very predatory and i think yeah. it hurts the overall game experience and your enjoyment over time um but having known some people or do know some people that work as developers in the industry i think it's interesting to at least try and go to the idea of like okay if this game is post-release um where are those wages going to come from from a team that is continuing to support that game um and is there a way to do it like sort of more friendly it seems like apex legends didn't really get chastised for it because mm -hmm. they very openly said look it's just skins don't worry about it um, whereas on the other side you've got this kind of post-launch um, like, like I said predatory uh, predatory sort of thing with Crash Team Racing or Metal Gear Solid 5 yes. or Black Ops 4 where microtransaction stores get added to the games after the fact um, and different uh, numbers and statistics get tweaked in the game to encourage you to then go and spend well so, it's yeah. funny you should mention those games Scott mm. because I have a list of um, publishers who have already signed up to these new policies Synergy. and have committed themselves to introducing them before the end of 2029. Surely they'll so all still, have to at some point. Well, not, no, because not, like, well... Where else are they going to go? Google Stadia? Because it, oh, I suppose you're right. But they the thing is, it. they can they can figure ways out. They might introduce their own launches for all we know. Okay. But the uh, companies that have committed so far are Activision, Blizzard, Bandai, Namco Entertainment, Bethesda, Bungie, Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, obviously, Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers Interactive, and Wizards of the Coast. This is all from um, Games Industry Biz. That covers everybody. Uh, a lot of the biggies, definitely. Lot, yeah, a lot I of mean, the CD Projekt Red weren't on there, but it's not like no. it's not like Cyberpunk's going to be having. Well, assumedly, not going to have some sort of random elements. To 
to it. You would hope not. But in terms of all the umbrella publishers that cover the vast majority of games that we all love to talk about in the AAA space, yeah. um, that feels like it covers pretty much everybody. I think so. I mean, it's again, like it's like those big umbrellas, and it's interesting to see people like EA, mm. EA and Activision signing on so readily mm-hmm. with a bunch of, you know, there's, there's a couple of developers and publishers that haven't yet um, committed to doing these policies. Mm-hmm. The, the end of 2020 window, I, that seems quite far away. I right. wonder if this if they'll stick to it by the time that rolls around, but mm-hmm. I hope so, especially because, like we said, the big pull here is Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. The fact yeah. that you have the big three platform, platform holders pushing for this kind of mm. uh, change means that everyone kind of has to follow suit True. even if they don't well, want to eventually. That's what I'm thinking. In terms of, like you said, if you go down, because obviously it's all business. Obviously none of the people at the very top counting the statistics really care. Like we're all very much aware of that stuff. And um, there will be individuals as part of those companies that do care, mm-hmm. obviously. But there's going to be a business reality to, uh, you know, changing the statistics that much when there's this much money at play. Um, but especially if you go back uh, through like the last generation to now, like for a while the contingent spending model, uh, continuous spending model was season passes. Yeah. And then everyone got sick of that because they couldn't maintain the amount of content for a season pass look at well Arkham Knight kind of rolled it out but they didn't know what they were going to do initially uh, Fallout 4 kind of struggled to put things together uh, or Bethesda did uh, and that sort of became microtransactions and we they did away with the idea of a season pass I remember Mass Effect mm-hmm. Andromeda's season pass yeah. was just nothing and then they just cancelled <laughs> yeah. it and everyone who had the deluxe edition didn't really get anything good brilliant so yeah and it's like if you're gonna like it seems like the industry needs something this sort of post launch it needs this it needs this recurrent spending model yeah. but it needs to be done in a way that I think is honest very open about what we're getting um, and it just needs to be a mechanic that we kind of accept I feel like the way loot boxes have been put in and modified isn't really in a very palpable palpable palatable it just sense. they just need to be honest the mm. although season passes and loot boxes are very different it's mm-hmm. interesting that Publishers and developers both relied on these two methods to kind of support games in the long term. But mm-hmm. the one thing they do have in common is that oftentimes you would just be buying a promise and you wouldn't really know right. what you're going to get. If you were buying a season pass before the game even came out, a lot of the time there might be a vague roadmap. You might have a title for a story expansion. Mm-hmm. But the, mo- the majority of the time you wouldn't know what that story expansion was actually going to be mm-hmm. until you actually paid money and then a few months down the line there was a trailer for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like there has always been an element of mystery and kind of an implied trust on behalf of the <laughs> current kind of a customer to just buy into these services without knowing what they are. And I think that is kind of breaking down and we need yeah. companies to be more transparent. And although I would like loot boxes to be eradicated mm-hmm. entirely in favor of a different monetization model, the fact that they're even trying to be more transparent is ultimately Good. Well, yeah, and plus, in terms of the transparency thing and the honesty thing, it's like, do you keep in-game storefronts, but you just you're very upfront about like this will cost this much money, yeah, um, and then you have to tweak your progression system so that we're not we don't feel the incentive to fall back on buying stuff. Because I remember with uh, Mortal Kombat 11, even though um, NetherRealm as uh, you know swore blind that they weren't trying to encourage microtransaction spending, and I want to believe them, I like the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, with MK11, that game uh, was impossibly difficult at launch, um, to the point where you know you were sort of just encouraged to go to the the microtransaction store was implemented one week later when they then patched the difficulty but a lot of those elements seem to come together where it was like well if you can't get through the tower yes. maybe you want to pay to get around it and it's like it's that's where the, the sort of the cold business practice sort of comes in again where it's like okay this like and as gamers we're so like we're so aware of that stuff mm-hmm. like you know it's it's not like we're all like born yesterday like nearly all of us are like of age to remember a time when the gen- when the uh, gaming industry didn't have these practices um, you know and when DLC came in and all of a sudden it was day one DLC and then that sort of kind of got abused and like it just seems like there's always a new thing that comes in it yeah. gets stretched to breaking point it breaks and then something new comes in um, so I kind of hope this is the beginning of the end for loot boxes but I think something else will come in again I have a slight counter argument to Go this on. I worry that this might swing the loot boxes all the way back around because over the past couple of months maybe even a year we've seen 
publishers and developers commit to not putting loot boxes in their games. Mm. Even Jedi Fallen Order, the big selling point of that game for many is EA going, look, this is going to be <laughs> and no we're loot not boxes being terrible. And we're not being terrible for once. We're not <laughs> going to do this again. Good. But I wonder if this sort of policies like this, which kind of soften the blow mm. or certainly put a positive PR spin on loot boxes and microtransactions, mm-hmm. might spin it around to when to, um, publishers and developers getting confident again that mm-hmm. they can re-implement these um, practices and kind of get away with it. I don't know, but I mean, that, I hope not. That just like, that kind of just is the industry. I think yeah. it all it all it only benefits like you guys and everybody to be a more um, aware, more learned and intelligent consumers. It's all it always benefits you to look back over gaming history and look over the different times that these things have been tried, implemented, and like I said, broken, and then it all gets reset again. So I wonder how much this will affect, like I said, the psychological elements of surprise mechanics and how much the surprise is there. If you remove that, does that affect the bottom line of how much yeah. people are going to invest in it? Um, I'm just I'm curious, but I think this is a step in the right direction. I Definitely. think once you remove um, the one thing that you know, people enjoy about loot boxes, um, which is the surprise stuff, once you remove that, I hope that's the beginning of the end for at so. least the current iteration of the most predatory loot boxes. Even if it isn't, like you just said there, like players weren't born yesterday. We pushed back <laughs> against practices so many times over the years. Yeah. On-disc DLC, season passes, all that kind of stuff. We just got sick of it, and then yeah. developers eventually got the memo and, you know, canned it and introduced something else. So even if this doesn't work, that pushback is still going to be there, and at some point, you know, they will eventually cave. So I think <laughs> the battle will be won. The battle is continuing, but for now, it seems like a good thing. Let us know down in the comments below, though. Like, what do you think they can do about loot boxes and the idea of recurring spending models and how to support devs post-launch? For now, though, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I've been Josh from WhatCulture.com. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.